0: So now, Father, glorify me in your own presence with the glory that I had in your presence before the world existed. I have made your name known to those whom you gave me from the world. They were yours, and you gave them to me, and they have kept your word. Now that they know that everything you have given me is from you, for the words that you gave to me I have given to them, and they have received them and know in truth that I came before from you, and they have believed that you sent me. I am asking on their behalf. I am not asking on behalf of the world, but on behalf of those whom you gave me, because they are yours. All mine are yours, and yours are mine, and I have been glorified in them. And now I am no longer in the world, but they are in the world. And I am coming to you. Holy Father, protect them in your name that you have given me, so that they may be one as we are one. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. If you've spent much time talking to me these last few weeks, there's really only been three things that have been filling my time and my conversations. The first and most obvious is the excitement, joy, and exhaustion that my husband Greg and I find in our eight-week-old baby Hadley. I find myself showing pictures of her to strangers, talking about her long fingers and her giant eyes, and how eventually six hours of sleep just sort of becomes enough. Maybe. The second topic that has filled my conversations has been returning to Bethany from maternity leave. I really did miss it here. I miss our community. I miss participating in ministry with all of you and to be able to gather together. And then the third, third subject that seems to come about in a lot of my conversations in random ways and it probably doesn't belong in any of them is that I recently joined a workout studio and I'm pretty obsessed with it. I won't bore you with the details, as many of you have already suffered from going on and on about these group fitness classes, but it's been great. And on Tuesday this week, it was in one of those group fitness classes that I sort of had an epiphany about our text for today. Because generally, as I prepare the message for each Sunday, I read through and pray over the scriptures the Sunday or Monday beforehand. I try to get them into my brain and sort of create a space that maybe the Holy Spirit will do something. And on Tuesdays, I spend time doing research, creating outlines, and if I'm on a roll, hopefully, I might even get a first draft done. But not this week. I read to the text on Sunday, again on Monday, and Tuesday I filled my page with notes, questions, and topics for sermons, because between Acts, Peter, and John, while there was so much going on, I wasn't really sure where to go. I was able to come up with like 10 different starting points for 10 different sermons, and I couldn't really get moving forward from there. I felt blocked, and then I sort of felt inadequate, and I wondered if maybe I was just too tired, and then I wondered if there was enough coffee in the world to get my brain working again. (laughs) But eventually, I decided to take a break, and I sat down my notes and my research, and I went to my Tuesday afternoon fitness class. While reaching up and down with weights and breathing and sweating, I continued to think about our text. I thought about the way Jesus was actually praying to God for his disciples in our text from John. And I thought about those disciples sometime later watching Jesus ascend to heaven from Acts. And I kept thinking about how those disciples just stood there, looking up to the heavens after Jesus lifted away from them. And all the while, amid thinking and reaching and breathing and sweating, I found myself looking up, too. But I wasn't really looking up towards heaven. I was looking up towards the clock. Every few minutes, I'd feel my calves burning, and I would look up at the clock to find that no time had passed at all. I'd watch my legs shaking beneath me, and I'd look up to see that somehow we still had 30 minutes left. I feel like I couldn't go on anymore, and I would look up and be so discouraged by that seemingly never moving clock. And I found myself looking up because I felt frustrated. I felt inadequate, unable, unsure of whether or not I could go on, hoping that it would be over soon. And as my body burned and shook, I felt kind of broken. I caught myself standing there, looking up. Epiphany, like the disciples in Acts. Instead of looking forward. As the disciples watched Jesus disappear from their view, they couldn't stop looking up. I wonder if they felt inadequate, if they felt unable, if they felt as though they were unsure of whether or not to go on. I wonder if they felt afraid or if they felt broken. And as we find out that their gaze was definitely going towards the wrong direction, the two men who appear are presumably angels, And they come and speak to the disciples who are standing there, and they ask them, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking up toward heaven? These angels point the disciples away from whatever self doubts, fears, or brokenness they are feeling, away from looking up towards heaven and towards the promises Jesus made to them. And so the disciples stop looking up and they start moving forward. They go to gather together with the other disciples, to pray together, to prepare for what is coming next. They look forward together in community. Because Jesus told them that they will be the witnesses to the ends of the earth, Jesus prayed for them, hoped for them, so much more than standing in one place looking up. In Jesus' prayer to God, he is praying for the disciples, but also praying for all who God gave him. And since, as Jesus says in verse 2 of this prayer, that God gave him authority over all people, Jesus is praying for all people. Jesus is praying for God's protection because he knows that he will be leaving the world. And as Jesus says, they, the disciples, us, we are in the world. Jesus doesn't want us to be looking up, waiting for him. Jesus doesn't want us to be looking up at the clock, hoping that he'll be here to fix everything soon. Mm -hmm. Jesus doesn't want us to be looking up, getting stuck on our own inadequacies, our own brokenness, our own fears or self-doubts. Jesus wants us to live and to participate and to find this new life that he gives us. The next class that I went to, I found a spot in the room where I couldn't see the clock. <laughs> Trust me, there were plenty of moments where I caught myself trying to peek. But every time I looked up to that corner, rather than being able to see the hands of the clock in my own inadequacy, I found myself looking forward and seeing myself in the mirror, participating. Moving forward into the next part of class and finding some strength, some confidence, and something new in myself. In Jesus' prayer, in our text from John, Jesus asks God to protect us because we are in this world. Because Jesus wants us to participate, to live, to look forward to what's next, and to look forward to what it means to be in this world. And to be in this world for Jesus means to be the hands and feet of Jesus, to be Christ's hands and feet in this world after he has left it, to participate until Christ comes again, to be in this world as children of God, as part of the body of Christ together, and to be witnesses to the love and mercy we have been given in Jesus. To be in this world means to minister the way Jesus ministered, to care for those who are suffering, for those who are hurting, for those who are left out on the margins, To be in this world means to be in relationship the way Jesus was in relationship, to pray together, to pray for each other, to gather together over bread and wine, and to know each other. Like the disciples, once they stopped looking up, we are called to gather into relationship. Being in this world for Jesus means that we are here to share the love and mercy that Jesus has given us with others, in our care, in our relationships, and in our witness. We are witnesses to the love that Jesus has given us, to the forgiveness that Jesus declares for us. We are witnesses to Jesus in prayer for us as we find ourselves looking up, waiting for things to happen, waiting for time to pass, waiting for things to be fixed on their own. As we look up, waiting for God to give us an answer, God has already given us the answer. God gave the people of the world, gave us to Jesus and Jesus gave himself for us. We don't need to be stuck looking up and waiting. Through Jesus' birth, God broke into this world, and through his death, God's saving work has already begun. As we get stuck looking up and thinking about our own inadequacies, brokenness or fears, our own inabilities or self-doubt or whatever it is that is keeping you stuck in one place right now, God is already accepting you. God is already calling you. Jesus says, all mine are yours, and yours are mine, and we belong to Jesus. Jesus, our Lord, Jesus, the Son of God, Jesus, who takes our fears and our brokenness and our self-doubt and takes them to the cross. On the cross, Jesus guides our gaze away from the sky, away from ourselves and our fears, and guides us to God and to our neighbor. On the cross, Jesus takes our sin, our brokenness, our failures, everything. On the cross, Jesus dies, and from the tomb, Jesus conquers death. Jesus takes all the reasons we might have to stand here looking up. And Jesus gives us a new way forward. He gives us life. And in this new life that we are given, in this living and participating, we can stop looking up. Let's live Let's participate. Let's be witnesses of Christ. Let's care for God's people. Let's be in relationship with each other. Let's share this incredible love that we have been given, and let's look forward. Let's move forward in Christ together. Amen.